Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from feeble flumps to foggy forests, and today we're talking about frost giants. Hey, Brian. Hey, Will. What year is it, Brian? It's the year of the big boy. It's the year of the big guy. It's the uh, year of the giant. <laughs> and so this is, I think this what is. What year is it? 2020. <laughs> this is the second installation of this series. I think the first was Cyclopes and Ettons. Cyclopes and Ettons. And then we do we do have a Blanket Giants episode from last we year. We do. That was from last year. But now we're getting specific. So let's start with the Frost Giant. A cold, cold, um, lonely giant guy. Kind of. Girl. Person. Or, yeah. So Frost Giants in Dungeons and Dragons, um, they're also known as Ice Jotunin, are one of the six classic true giants in the game. Uh, they dwell in freezing lands far beyond the borders of humanoid civilizations and are known to be brutish, powerful, and merciless warriors and raiders. Mm. Uh, they're considered to be inherently evil beings and are figures of fear in the stories of the common folk. And they probably throw big icy rocks. Yeah, they do, actually. They That's do. like a giant thing, right? It's a giant they, thing where they, they, throw, they specialize in throwing boulders like fucking pros. They're big. Yeah. And they can throw big things. <laughs> Indeed. And they and can do a big job at it. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, when it comes to the the ordning, the, the giant's hierarchy of power and authority, um, frost giants are kind of in the middling to low area. They are higher in the ordning and stronger than either stone or hill giants, mm-hmm. but they fall beneath the rest of their true giant kin. So that would be like fire... Um, cloud and storm giants. I would have been a little kind of like miffed if it had followed the same power ranking strat as dragons. You know how like uh, oh right, a white dragon and are is, the weakest, and so frost giants are the weakest. Yeah, that would have been, been lame. That would have been lame. Yeah, I agree with that, and it's not like that, so we don't have to worry about that. Cool. So frost giants are creatures of ice and snow. They are described as blue or white-skinned humanoids standing roughly 20 feet tall and weighing roughly 2,800 pounds, which is so heavy. Uh, (laughs) That is very, very heavy. (laughs) Their hair and beards are usually uh, a blue or white as well, and they're often frozen stiff with layers of frost and icicles. 
Um, their eyes are also a notable ice blue color. They wear crude armor and clothes made from the skins of their kills or from an amalgamation of equipment from their raids. Um, their bodies are often very stocky and well-muscled. Most frost giants carry many scars on their skin from countless battles and hunts. Uh, there is little to no difference in physical prowess between the males and females of frost giants. And your average frost giant lives approximately 250 years of life. Wow. That's uh, like dwarf, dwarfy. Yeah, it's about dwarf level. Um, I think you'll find as the giants become more powerful, they live longer because I think... I'm pretty sure Cloud and Storm Giants live in like the five to six hundred mm-hmm. uh, okay. range or so. Yeah. So I wonder why. Just because they're so strong. That's how it works in Dungeons and Dragons, Brian. The, the more older you get, the, you are. Yeah, the yeah. more the more powerful you are, the older you get, and the older you get, the more powerful you are. Okay. So power <laughs> creep is is directly tied to age. It super is indeed. Yeah, you gotta yeah. wait a long time to get to your max level. <laughs> I know. That's not if you're a human. Not if, if you're, you're a human. You inherently get weaker in that case. Is there a quick sidebar sure. um, for mechanics? Is there a thing where if I age, like if I was an adventurer mm-hmm. and then I fell out of adventuring mm-hmm. and went into like a sedentary life, <laughs> would all my stat boosts fall off? I mean, I don't know if there's like a mechanic for it, but I would definitely impose that. Like if you fell into NPC territory, yeah. you know, right? Just like, <laughs> you become <laughs> much weaker. NPC now. Um, I I do remember in Pathfinder um, that there is a mechanic that has to do with age, so that if you are like above, I think forty, you start to take hits to all your physical stats. Okay, and that's like, that's kind of interesting. It's interesting, but it's also kind of lame. Well, I mean, it's exactly what I asked right it's now. It's fun if you want to implement it. If that's something you're interested in doing, but if you just want to be old but still badass. Less cool. There's probably a, an optional rule in the DMG for getting old. Sure, there might be. There <laughs> might be. But let's back to Frost Giants. Yeah, so, sorry. So before, before we dive into the ins and outs of Frost Giant society, I need to re-explain the ordning and the concepts of Mott and Mog. We talked about both of these things fairly extensively in the Giants episode, but that was a long time ago. Okay, yeah, it so, was. I don't know if you remember these concepts or not, but... Of like, what? Of, of, of Mott and Mog. Oh, and yeah, like I, d- I definitely work. do. Oh, okay, cool. I just forget which one is which. Okay, well. I'll Mog explain. is bad, right? I believe so. so yeah, let's Mott get into is it. good. So all giants are related. <coughs> excuse me. All giants are related by common elements of history, religion, and culture. They view one another as kindred, keeping any inherent animosity over territory and ambition to a minimum. I'll just start doing this for giant episodes. That sounds Mott. Right. Yes. There we go. Um, as such, all giants belong to a caste structure called the Ordning. Based on a based on social class and highly organized, the Ordning assigns a social rank to each giant. By understanding its place in the Ordning, a giant knows which other giants are inferior or superior to it, since no two giants are ever equal. Right. Each of the giant races analyzes a different combination of skills, qualities, or behaviors to determine the Ordning in relation to themselves. Giants make excelling in these qualities their purpose in their lives. So basically, the ordning is this all-encompassing concept that all giants believe in and adhere to, but its meaning is interpreted drastically differently depending on what race of giant we're talking about. Okay, Does and that then make sense? and then within the the like frost giant race, there's a subordining just for them, right? Like, exactly. Okay. Exactly. It's like I've been lifting boulders. Please measure my biceps. I'm now <laughs> yes, I'm now exactly. way better than Tony, big Tony. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So this is where we get into the concepts of Mont and Mog. So Mont and Mog is this moral spectrum used by all giant kind. But rather than a classical moral compass pointing towards either like good or evil, Mott and Mog are basically specifically on the ordning and what raises or lowers one's standing within the ordning. Um, that which a giant considers to be Mott is considered to be good, holy, honorable, or desirable in relation to the ordning of that giant. Mm. Actions or behaviors that are Mott elevate a giant's standing in the ordning. 
that which a giant considers mog is considered to be evil, unholy, dishonorable, or just undesirable in relation to their just interpretation. Generally of the bad. Ordinary. Yeah. Um, actions or behaviors that are mog lower a giant standing in the ordinary. It's a fucking leaderboard. It's a leaderboard. It is. The giants <laughs> have a leaderboard and they super are about it. Yeah. So the frost giants follow a belief system known as the ordining of might. Okay. So frost giants live in tribes of up to a couple dozen or so individuals, and positioning in frost giant society is determined by one singular quality, sheer brute strength. Okay. And this quality defines pretty much every aspect of their way of life. Uh, leadership is determined by contests of wrestling, hunting, rock-throwing contests, or one-on-one combat. Um, indeed, all arguments or disagreements between frost giants are always resolved in this manner. Um, the frost giant who proves himself to be the mightiest is named the Jarl of his or her tribe. Uh, to them, this is Mott. To act against this way of life in ways such as like using cunning or tricks in a fight or using like excessive amounts of strategy in planning a battle okay. or using magic in place of physical strength or professing like a nonviolent solution to pretty much anything. <laughs> it's considered extremely mog. Oh, Do man. not be mog. Be an idiot. There's a frost giant that's like trying to write haikus and solve problems yeah. with poetry. Most and they're mog. like, most mog, my most man. Most mog. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Bottom of the leaderboard. Indeed. Oh, wouldn't it be funny? Uh, like an in, a good insult is like calling them like kill giant or something. I that would definitely be an insult for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so you originally said that frost giants are creatures of ice and snow. Uh-huh. Is that their body composition? So not exactly. I was going to get into it a little bit later, but essentially, like they they look as if they're almost made of ice and snow. And yeah, like they've their got like the Jack Frost, but like they heat severely hurts them they can't handle heat that's warmer so like it gets described and i think the monster manual were like anything hotter than the blood of their kills when they're eating it raw like it's too hot for them it hurts them so heat metal most mog because magic if they're wearing hot. metal if they have metal on oh yeah yeah totally yeah. which they probably would would not mm, we'll get into it it's, okay it's complicated okay. sometimes yes a lot of times no got it but um but yeah we'll get into that a little bit later okay so, Despite how much frost giants enjoy fighting amongst themselves, they are cognizant enough to know that not to murder each other to the point of extinction. Mm. So instead, they go out into the world to find other forms of life and kill them and prove how mott they are. Right. Well, you you gave a big list of stuff that they could like fight like they over do instead yeah, of like, like fighting let, physically. Yeah. Let's like figure out who can hunt this elusive creature. Yeah, the best. and that's definitely a thing they do. But they just love killing. But they can't <laughs> kill each other, so they go out and kill other things a lot. So, <laughs> Big Tony love killing higher up on the mot, very mot higher up on ordinance. So, so now a lot of this, a lot of this is simply hunting. Like most frost giants live far from any humanoid settlement to pillage, and instead spend a great deal of their time hunting the mighty beasts of their territory. Okay. This could be polar bears, winter wolves, mammoths, uh, remorazes, which white dragon. What? what? Oh yeah, or even white dragons. <laughs> okay. Yes, that's actually on the list. That well, I, I'd imagine that's a big, a big, you know. <laughs> we talked a little trophy. bit about it in the white dragons episode, and we're going to talk about a little bit more about mm. it here. Um, but hunting, hunting with one's bare hands is considered the most mod. Nice. Like if you can kill it with these mitts, like it's yeah, the most badass. Tools, mog ish. Tools, no, not in the that tools are mog. It's just that it, the both are mod. One is just more mod. One is more mod. <laughs> Indeed. So, but for the most, like, so for the most powerful of prey frustrations, of course, we'll use weapons because you're not going to kill a white dragon with your bare hands. You're just not. Unless there's a lot of you? Unless there's a lot of you. Unless there's so which many is mog. of you. That's yeah. very mog. Like, oh, they right. want one on one combat. My, I'm sorry. I got to get with what's mod and what's mog. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> 
<laughs> so it is very common for frost giants to keep a collection of trophies of their most mighty kills. Mm. Uh, mammoth tusks, griffin beaks, manticore tails adorn the walls of frost giant layers. Uh, even formidable human enemies are memorialized in trophies. Uh, this is extremely uncommon. Um, but uh, so it's extremely uncommon for them to bother because humanoids are so weak to them. Yeah. But for the rare occasion that a humanoid is quite powerful, they might display like the hero's great sword or the wizard's staff ah. uh, as like an appropriate trophy. On I the was walls. thinking like Han Solo frozen in carbonite. No. And just like slam your corpse <laughs> into the wall. Of That's their, like, cool. Ice cave. I really like that idea. But it did say it says specifically in the lore that they rarely actually display the human body. Oh, OK. But I really like what you just said. Well, if you're fallen party <laughs> barbarian or whatever was like a Goliath or something. They really, a really respectful combat. The party mm-hmm. had to flee. Right. I could see that yeah, being the sure. scenario. Absolutely. I did it. <laughs> so even a frost giant's armor and weapons are as much a record of its battle honors and, and its trophy collection. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah. So notches are carved into the haft of their weapon that can show the number or the type of foes a giant has brought down. Mm. Um, horns, feathers, claws, tusks will tusks will be affixed to their helmets, their armor, their right. belt, whatever. Like they're going to commemorate every fucking thing they did. Yeah. Because they're constantly trying to show off. Because they're constantly trying to raise, raise their on the order. Raise their yeah. rank on the leaderboard. Exactly. They need physical proof of that because it, they don't have an online server yeah. to, <laughs> to post in. Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> um, so, uh, as I said before, the ordering for Frost Giants is determined by strength and strength alone. Day-to-day tasks such as um, hunting for food, child-rearing, and crafting are given to, the gi- given to giants based on their physical strength and hardiness. So, the strongest are made into the warriors, the hunters, and the leaders, while the weaker and less successful Frost Giants are relegated to tasks such as uh, raising the children or, or making the clothes or whatever. Mm. So, a Frost Giant that is innately weaker than its kin has a low rank in the ordering and has practically no chance of rising any higher. Bummer. Indeed. So another way that frost giants show evidence of their strength is by dominating wild creatures and using them as hunting companions. Okay. So they're going a little ranger here, I guess. Um, They don't have or have much of a grasp of the concept of, like, animal husbandry, and thus they have a tendency to bully and beat their pets into submission more than actually, like, train and care for them. Yeah, it's really sad. So they think it's Mog, but Brian thinks that's Mott. No, the other way around, bro. Sorry. They think it's Mott, but Brian (laughs) thinks it's Mog. Brian think that Mog. Much Mog. Such Mog. So, but, but such mot. But such mot for them. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so um, when a frost giant commands a beast to attack, it's less of a command than an acknowledgement to the creature that the giant won't beat it for satisfying its hunger. Okay. Um, a creature that proves willful or resists its training is fated to end up on the giant's dinner table. Mm. So it's like submit or die. That makes <clears> sense. <throat> I guess I should. I, uh, I'm going to retcon what I said. Brian think that's bad. Oh, yeah. Giant think that mot. Because Brian don't think mot mot. Brian <laughs> think good bad. Yes. Which is probably Mog. Sure. <laughs> I'm going to say yes. Okay. So, I gotta get, I'm trying to get in the right headspace. I, I know. I know. It's difficult. Uh, <laughs> the roster of creatures in a frost giant layer can include a variety of beasts, including polar bears, winter wolves, and mammoths. But the most prized living possession a frost giant can attain is a Ramaraz. This is like this 40-foot long centipede monsters that live in the Arctic. We'll do an episode <laughs> on them one day. They're really cool. By the Arctic, do you mean just like... Is that is the Arctic a thing? Like in... the tundra, like snowy yeah, okay. Arctic regions. I was like, um, is there... Is that I mean, a D&D thing? I mean, Arctic? it can be. I, like, I think in a lot of D&D worlds, the north and south poles are cold. Well, yeah, but like to call it the Arctic would be. Uh, like I'm a, not sure of the actual definition of the word Arctic. I think it just refers to like extremely cold locations. OK. Yeah. Look that up. <laughs> so adult Remorazes are actually completely untrainable by anything short of like powerful magical compulsion, which, of course, the fr- frost giants don't have because that is much mog. 
But one taken as an egg can be trained as it's raised. And in fact, strangely enough, Remoraz hatchlings are surprisingly pliant to Frost Giant's manner of teaching via bullying. Because okay. they themselves are wicked, mean monsters. So it's just So if you get them. one from birth, you can imprint this onto mm-hmm. it? That's the idea here okay. if you're a Frost Giant. And uh, before we move on, let's take a short rest. Oh, wait. I have uh, one oh, thing, have thing to talk about. Go ahead. Um, so Arctic, I look, <laughs> you actually looked it up. Really, I can do that now. Yeah, you Thank you, Patreon, for allowing me to use my phone for Excuse what me, God intended me to use it for. Energy. Yeah, sure. Um, relating to the regions around the North Pole. So I guess speci- uh, or it, the second one, the informal oh, yeah, definition Antarctic is would be south. So yeah, yeah. The, the informal definition of of weather conditions is very cold. So you nailed it, bro. Sweet. We I both think we, we were both, both right. It. We were both right. Let's take a short rest. Okay. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hey everybody, oh. Hey everybody, welcome to the part of the episode we're not talking about that last thing. It felt so big though, but this is big too. It's people that support the show. Thank you for supporting the show. If you're experiencing the show and listening, uh, feel my love through the microphone or what or whatever. <laughs> However, you're ingesting the show. Feel my love. Feel my love. Um, Wilf, 
You have love to send out. I, I also hope that you also feel my love. Feel his love. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Patreon people. You guys are super awesome. You make things possible for us. Um, we got some new people we want to thank in particular. Indeed. This is going to be a long list, so bear with me, you guys. But um, just like thank you guys so much. Um, thank you. Uh, and the first two might be duplicate shout outs, just uh, FYI. If you time your patronage correctly, then you get two shout outs. Maybe. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> thank you Brian J. Lynch thank you Brian I definitely said that because I was like nice name uh, thank you Amanda Allen thank you Amanda and here should be some new ones thank you Christopher <laughs> Everback thank you Christopher it's spelled like that I swear okay uh, Usopp the liar thank you for your kind messages thank you Usopp uh, or maybe it's Usopp or Usopp uh, I need to stop doing that I need to commit thank you Baron Blakely thank you Baron Blakely thank you Shahar Ard thank you Shahar Ard uh, and thank you Red Sox for the win Thank you, Red Sox, for the win. Will's a Dodgers fan. It's nothing personal. Or maybe it is. Or maybe it fucking is. <laughs> Thank you, Barnesinator. Thank you, Barnesinator. Thank you, Justin Clark. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Beastman Caravan. Thank you, Beastman Caravan. That's fucking awesome. That rolls off the tongue. And thank you, the Gnome God. Thank you, Gnome God. Thank you, the, no it's the Gnome grace, God. For gracing us with your presence. I love the Gnome God. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I just want to talk to you guys real quick. The $1 tier is pretty beast. And... I'm pretty sure everybody's got a spare dollar. If you don't, that's totally cool. If you can't donate to Patreon, that's we totally get it. But if you just want to give a dollar, that's super duper helpful because hopefully like lots of people will do it. Maybe <laughs> if lots of people give us a dollar, it's awesome. Um, and you get a ton of stuff just by being a patron at any level. Uh, if you're in the $1 tier, you get the ability to send messages to be read at the end of the show. You get um, ability to get into our private discord channel. Um, you get the ability to, uh, oh, you get to look at all Will's show notes starting a few episodes oh, back. Yeah. We're starting, we digitize all, uh, the more recent show notes and we're going to upload those every, every two weeks or so. Um, <laughs> and there's another thing. I forgot what it was. <laughs> Is it the questions into the show? We said that okay. first and then there's show notes, uh -huh. discord, shout out. And shout out. You get a <laughs> the one, shout the out. The thing we just did. I think the thing we just did. But thank you guys so much. If, if you're able to <laughs> donate to the show, we use that money to make upgrades and to make our post-production and pre-production and regular production lives much easier. Uh, like get cameras so we can look stuff up on the show in real time uh, and like upgrade the microphones and upgrade the lighting and get green screens and make YouTube look a lot better. And, mm -hmm. and if we look better and sound better, I like that. Mm -hmm. I love that. So thank you guys. We have... A really cool thing to announce. I think Will's going to take the reins on this one. So I want to announce a new contest new for fans contest. here of the Dungeon Cast. We there's a new book coming out on March 17th called Explorer's Guide to Wildmont. I believe I'm uh, pronouncing that I think correctly. It's Wildemont, isn't it? Wildemont. I don't know. It looks like Wildmont to me, but it might be Wildemont. <laughs> going to be honest, not a Critical Role fan, but a lot of you guys probably are. And so this is actually a Critical Role campaign guide uh, set in Matt Mercer's um, homebrew world where the show is also set. And again, the book's coming out on March 17th. So if you want a chance to win this book, all you have to do is share a link to our show on social media of any kind, like share it with people, let people know, 
give it the hashtag DungeonCast. And if it's on Twitter, if you put the hashtag DungeonCast, I'll go ahead and see it. If you share it somewhere else, just go ahead and send me a screenshot to prove that you sent it to the DungeonCast.gmail.com, and that'll enter you as well. And we'll be announcing the winner on March 17th. Yeah, I'm going to work on something for Instagram. I don't have it ready right now, but you guys will see that. Um, I'm, I have some unique ideas. I'm not sure if they're going to pan out on how to enter on Instagram, but uh, I'll definitely try to have that hashed out by the end of our recording <laughs> session here. Um, but yeah, we, when Will says we're not fans of Critical Role, it's just we don't watch the show. Special yeah. guest Jake is a huge fan, and I am a huge fan of what they do for the game and the tabletop community. Sure. Um, th- yeah, they, they're really bringing a lot of great attention, and Matt Mercer does an incredible job as well as all their players. I know they put a lot of effort and passion into their game. Um, so yeah, this is a really cool book based off of their setting. I'm sure they they dumped a ton of hours into it. Um, that's got to be extremely difficult to write a book. So yeah. Uh, I think that's all we got for the short rest. Let's get back to the show. Let's get back to the show. We've returned. Indeed, we have. We have returned. It's so cold. It is. And so big. <laughs> so, even, <laughs> so even though Frost Giants uh, live far removed from civilization, they're still quite infamous for their reaving or pillaging of settlements of humanoid kind. Okay. Uh, so Frost Giant Society has no industry to speak of. It takes what it needs from others, and if it can't take something, it decides it has no need for it in the first place. Um, Frost Giants do make leather, they make clothes, and they make tools uh, and adornments out of, like, bone, like animal bone from the animals they hunt. Sure. Um, but those activities account for almost all of their craft work. Like, that's it. That's all they do. Okay. When Frost Giants plan a raid on a nearby settlement or outpost, they time it to take place under the cover of a blizzard, believing the storm to be a sign from their god, Thrym, uh, their patron deity, uh, that the weak bone humanoids are ready to be plundered. Yeah, dude, uh, I gave you the perfect, <laughs> I literally gave you the perfect opportunity here. Right, exactly. They're inside, go get them. <laughs> Indeed. The war horns of the frost giants howl as they march from their ice fortresses and glacial rifts amid the howling blizzard. Damn. So if you're like a northern or southern tip, like barbarian colony, uh-huh. you definitely got to watch. Like, For, yeah. fuck a blizzard. The horns Not on the, only are yeah. we are we going to lose like elderly from yeah, the cold, we're right. going to we're going <laughs> to now we got to sit a guy outside and he's <laughs> right. going to have to like rage to stay awake. Indeed. <laughs> so by the time the storm clears, villages and steadings lay in ruins. Ravens descend to feed upon the corpses of any creatures foolish or unlucky enough to stand the giant's path. Mm. So frost giants recognize two different kinds of loot. Uh, they have a they have a word for each one. So there's rod and there's kvit. Rod plunder consists of living creatures, either livestock or slaves. Kvit refers to material goods, the most prized being objects of steel, alcohol, or large gems. Oh, okay. So frost giants like to use gems for adorning their clothing, um, but ordinary currency such as like coins are usually left behind after a raid. Uh, tiny round coins simply have no worth. Or used to a frost giant. Yeah, not big enough. So in a frost giant raid, inns and taverns are usually the ones to suffer the brunt of the damage. Their cellars are gutted and their casks of ale and meat are taken. Uh, followed by smithies, are they're likewise toppled and plundered of all their iron and steel goods. But probably the most notable thing is to to any of the survivors is that um, there are there are often undisturbed houses when it comes to like the banks, the money lenders, or like the wealthy citizens. <laughs> Damn, that sucks. <laughs> no, right. So again, frost giants, giants are like blind to that sort of, that <laughs> yeah, sort right. of commerce. So frost giants have little use for coins or baubles, so they just don't go after those places. Now, here's my question: How the fuck do they know, though? Like, do they know that's like Baron Bob and don't touch his stuff because he hasn't got good shit? Maybe, maybe like long time ago, 
like there was a raid on this town and this facility was determined to be moot because it's a bank or whatever. Yeah, maybe. And then they're like, we don't yeah. go in there because it's just filled with like tiny coins. Yeah. But those spots got gems, though. Yeah. Well, like if you're going into a bank, there's going to be gems in the bank. Well, I think gems are pretty fucking rare. That's the thing. It's like there might be some gems in the bank, but most people with gems keep it in their home, you know, on their person or whatnot. You know, people aren't storing gems in a bank vault for like currency. Man, if I were one of these like locations that are subject to giant raid, mm-hmm. I'd be burying a lot of my stuff. Is that like a thing? Like, sure. I mean, why that's not? a great way to hide stuff from thing. like low intelligence creatures. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. What is a storm giant? Ant? I know we're gonna get into stat block, but I said int, mm-hmm. and I, I should have said intelligence. Oh, oh, for for a frost giant or a storm giant? A frost. Oh, uh, well, we'll I don't just have the stuff. Okay. I think we'll it's like it later. a nine it's or something. Low ish. Yeah. It can't be super duper high. No, right? it's not. It's yeah. gonna be somewhere between a nine and eleven. I'm sure. Okay. Um, we'll get there. So Frost Giants prize gems and jewelry large enough to be worn and noticed. However, even those treasures are often only saved for like trading opportunities with other giants. So they don't really even value the gems. They just know other giants do. So they'll keep those. <laughs> so, and I, can you imagine being a giant trying to hold a coin though? Like it's going to be so saying, Yeah, like, it's, fuck that noise. Yeah, no, yeah. like I, I could get a handful of them and like Indeed. probably crush them down. Right. So fun fact about frost giants, not only are they averse to warmer temperatures, we talked about this earlier, but Mm -hmm. they're also very vulnerable to heat and find anything warmer than the blood of their kills to be burning hot. Because of this, frost giants can't stand the heat of a forge and thus they don't mine their own metal or craft their own weapons and armor uh, unless they're like made of bone or something. Okay. So just the events. Right. This is something they would actually be open to crafting if they could, unlike other crafters. Like, <laughs> that would be mod as fuck. Yeah. But they can't, they can't do it. It's just it's not possible. <laughs> okay. So the Fireforged items of steel and iron that they wield and wear are prized as though they were made of gold. Uh, the giants are always on the lookout for such uh, loot on their raids, um, but they don't often come across gear that is large enough for them because they're fucking enormous. Mm. So many of the giants in a tribe boast arms and armor handed down from their ancestors. Others make do with items cobbled together from smaller parts. So like a giant might take a bunch of human shields and like lash them together for some sort of like cobbled together scale armor, if you will. It's like 15 ring mails just right. run together. Right. It's exactly. all nasty. Or like a frost giant might like steal a blacksmith's like anvil and just strap it to a bone handle and that's his hammer. So like a, they're called fire giants or flame giants, right? Yeah, there's they, fire giants. Yeah. So they're never going over there. Those no. Those fools are like in the heat. Yeah. But like another giant civilization or territory would they would frost giants go to raid those to get armor that would fit them? Is so that a thing? Not really. So like, okay. Frost giants are above hill giants and stone giants. Yeah. Hill giants are big dumb ogres, basically. Right. You're not gonna get anything from them. And they smell bad and no one wants to go near them anyways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then there are stone giants who live deep, deep under the earth and they do their own thing and they're really peaceful. And, like, there's just not going to be a lot of cross-pollination there. Yeah. Uh, but the you thing might was, have to go into a weather territory that's unfit for a, a frost giant, too. Yeah. Like stone if, giants are really dope at crafting and stuff. So I'm sure, like, if there could be trade agreements between the two, I could see that. Um, but also, like, the giants tend to not attack each other as a general rule. Like, they all recognize the fact that they're all part of, like, one big race. Okay. So, like, okay. attacking each other just because is considered pretty mog. Mm. But, but yeah. There you go. I okay. think that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when it comes to allies, frost giants essentially have none. Uh, they raid and pillage any nearby settlements. They hunt and rampage across their territories. Uh, any of the lesser giants, like hill giants, are usually bullied or driven off. Yeah, I think at <laughs> best you probably have a neutral relationship. Based yeah, off of what exactly. You just told me. And uh, they fight amongst each other as well. 
of okay. frost giants. Cool. Um, but above all others, frost giants have a special enmity with white dragons with whom they share the same territory. Nice. So a creature of such might and legendary status is almost like a beacon of challenge to any and all nearby frost giants. Totally. They just can't help themselves. They see it as most mott to challenge such a beast to single combat to prove their might. And thus, a white dragon's lair entrance is usually littered with the bones and corpses of fallen frost giants. Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> Rather than deter future challengers from approaching, though, every white dragon victory only emboldens would-be champions to attempt the best of the white dragon and become the mightiest there is. <laughs> Big Tony got too bold and, and went and died in the, fro- in, the, in the white dragon cave. Right. So frost giants have a religion of sorts. Um, they worship a deity, deity by the name of Thrym. Uh, Thrym is one of the six children of Anam, the all-father and chief deity amongst all giant kind. Everything, Dad. Everything, Dad, yeah. Um, each of the six classic true giants have a t- or have taken one of Anam's children as their patron deity. Okay. So six children, six classic giants. Frost giants chose Thrym. Cool. Thrym is not a very complicated or nuanced deity. He was born a twin to his brother Surtur, the patron deity of the fire giants. And from day one, the two competed for their father's favor. Often in legends, these contests between the two are bloody battles, but some tales have the brothers acting side by side on like grand adventures. Mm. Um, Frost Giant. Huh? That's fun. Yeah, it is fun. It's like Thor and Loki kind of. Frost Giants pride themselves on Thrym's victories over Surtur and other legendary threats when he proved to have more strength or a steadier heart than his twin brother. Yet, Anam was swayed more by Surtur's well-crafted gifts than by the trophy heads Thrym laid at his feet. Nice. For this reason, Frost Giants bear more ill will towards Anam than most other giants do. I get it. I get it. Yeah. I mean, they're, they have this broken limitation of not being able to do the thing. Yeah, I know, right? So, <laughs> yeah, I, I would hold, I would harbor some, some, some ill will for some sure. Angst there, yeah. yeah. So, though worship of Thrym amongst Frost Giants is nearly universal, there is another deity that holds sway over some of the hearts of Thrym's children. Um, at times, when a giant becomes intensely frustrated with their standing in the ordning and proves unable to rise in said standing, they may turn to the clandestine worship of Vaprak the Destroyer, a rapacious god of strength and hunger worshipped by trolls and ogres. Did you say Vrapak? Uh, Vaprak. Vaprak. The destroyer god. Yeah. I just wanted to get it right. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. So Vaprak likes to tempt frost giants with dreams of glory, followed (laughs) by nightmares of bloody cannibalism. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Those who don't, you know, shrink away from such visions or report them to their priests receive more visions. Okay. And if a frost giant comes to relish these dreams and nightmares, as some do, Vaprak will set a troll upon a sacred quest to find the frost giant and meet it in secret. The troll will offer up its own body to be devoured by Vaprak in Vaprak's name. Only the boldest and most determined and fucking psycho Frost Giants can finish such a gory feast. Yeah, this is creeping me out. Yeah, Vaprak's blessing um, is is the gift that they receive afterwards. So after devouring the troll sent by Vaprak, bones and all, a Frost Giant becomes a being called an Everlasting One. They gain tremendous strength, but also an ill temper, but also trolls' regenerative abilities. Um, wow. Yeah. With these gifts, a frost giant can swiftly claim the title of Jarl and easily fend off rivals for decades. However, if a frost giant doesn't give enough honor to Vaprak or fails to heed Vaprak's visions, injuries the frost giant sustains will start to heal wrong, often, often resulting in discolored skin, warty scars, or even like vestigial body parts, like, you know, extra arms and legs and, or even extra heads. Um, the touch of Vaprak, when, when the touch of Vaprak can no longer be hidden, um, and the their identity of an everlasting one is revealed, the clan will turn on them and kill 
the the dirty Vaprec lover. Right, and yeah. they'll know what's up. They'll burn that exactly. body or like, whatever. They're super ostracized. Like it's like a major major taboo. So if someone gets caught, it's over. Oh man. Yeah. Oh gross. <laughs> that would be a crazy like curveball to throw at the party. Yeah. Like yep, I cut I cut that giant to shreds, and yeah. then it's just like back. It just heals back. <laughs> they have a stat block for an everlasting one in Volo's guide. Nice. That's, a pretty good stat That's block. really yeah. really cool. Yeah. So any questions about frost giants before we get into the stat block for the frost giant? Um, are we, uh, so we're not going to hit that other stat block, the, the Vaprac um, I didn't print it out, but if you want to pull it up on, on Volo's guide, I'm more than willing to talk about it. Okay. All right. So I have the Frost Giant stat block here. It's actually a pretty simple stat block. A lot of the giant ones are, are fairly straightforward. Um, so Frost Giant is considered to be a huge giant, considered to be neutral <laughs> evil. Uh, huge giant. A huge giant. Uh, armor class of 15, hit points are 138, uh, walking speed of 40 feet. See, this one walks faster too. Why can't the Cyclops move faster? <laughs> it's just really upsetting to me. <laughs> um, the Cyclops can move as fast as you want. Okay, You're the dungeon master. That's true. Uh, massive strength at 23. Uh, Dexterity is a nine. Constitution is 21. Intelligence is also a nine. Okay. Wis- wisdom 10 and charisma 12. Um, they charisma are, 12. Charisma 12. They got some Force powerful personality. Yeah. Yeah. They are immune to all cold damage, which you know is pretty standard. I don't see a vulnerability to fire damage, and that's bullshit. Uh, I mean, mechanically Anything speaking. Anything warmer than the blood of their kills is burning hot. Fire should do be devastating to them. I, I agree with that. But, like, maybe there's a mechanical implication. Fireball is such a popular spell. Then give them more HP. Anyways, so the, the giant only has two attacks and a multi-attack to, like, wrap these two attacks into one. Uh, first is Great Axe. So this is a plus nine to hit. Reach ten feet. 3d12 plus 6. Holy fuck, that's really powerful. That's a lot. And you, they can make two great axe attacks at once. Okay. Um, at uh, once, oh, you mean did, like attack, attack? Attack, attack, yeah. <laughs> like, I, double, I say they were like, a challenge rating of 8, so they're they're a pretty potent beast. Right. Well, um, giants should be worthy. Absolutely. Most worthy. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the other attack they have is, it's just called rock. Um, they throw a giant boulder. <laughs> I, love, I love that. It's like on every giant stat block. Yeah, it is. Throw so, rock. It's a uh, plus 9 to hit, range of 60 to 240 feet. Holy fuck. Um, uh, one target, 40, 10 plus six bludgeoning damage. Um, so that's a great ranged attack that like, if you set up these frost giants on like cliff, cliff walls, right, like, yeah. holy shit, like, like run for your life. Like hill, like, uh, like frost giants that live at the base of a mountain, like mm-hmm. just above the foothills and you've yeah. got to scale it. Yeah, exactly. totally. You're getting it's fucked like, up. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the frost giant. Like I said, really straightforward. It's just a big beast. And like fighting even one of these at like anything lower than a level six is going to be pretty tough. You think it's not possible. Are they living mostly in like caves? Are they living in like so, igloos? What's so that? frost What's giants that? almost like always live in either craggy frost caves or I suppose they could build a fortress out of ice. Ice Canyon. Wouldn't that be sick? An ice Canyon would also be nice. Cool. So like an ice fortress or an ice cave or an ice Canyon, anything icy and big. Have you seen um, uh, there's a there's an, a location in Breath of the Wild that's mm-hmm. got like two levels to it, kind of like mm-hmm. you can walk underneath and mm-hmm. you can kind of see like holes up in the ceiling. It's yeah. almost canyon esque. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. That. that would be cool. Like all ice. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, that'd be dope. Stalactites. Hang tight to the ceiling. Stalactites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of made of ice. Are they still <laughs> called ice? Are they still called stalactites if they're ice? No, I believe icicles? those are icicles. Yes. Yeah. Icicles. <laughs> there, you, there it is. All right. Maybe so. there's stalactites. Covered in ice, huh? Oh Are yeah, they still icicles, huh? Well, no. Okay, no, no, they're not. I have the frost giant everlasting one stat Let's block in front of me. I think I'm it's a much fatter, meatier stat block if I remember correctly. This thing, the picture I'm seeing is basically like your cool Norse style barbarian 
Mm-hmm. It's even got like a trophy, like trophies on its belt, like uh-huh. the heads of other. I don't know. They look like. Does it have two man. heads? Uh, actually, yeah. This thing's got multiple heads. Yeah, but it's. I don't know if the ones on the waist are trophies or actual extra heads. Anyway, let's get into it. Um, they're huge giants. Frost giant, chaotic <laughs> evil. Uh, AC is 15 with patchwork armor, just like you were saying. And yeah, this is just like sewn together stuff. Um, speed, uh, HP 189, mm, uh, nice. speed 40 feet, okay. strength 25, mm-hmm. dex 9, con 24, uh, intelligence 9, wisdom 10, charisma 12. So basically, it's a direct upgrade. Yeah. It's a direct upgrade. Um, saving throws, they get a plus 11 to strength, plus 11 con. Um, Plus four to wisdom. Are they immune to cold still? They are immune to cold. Are they they're, vulnerable they're to fire? They're not vulnerable to fire. Fuckers. They should be extra vulnerable to fire yeah, because of the troll. They're, they're now troll ice. <laughs> extra vulnerable to fire. Yeah, <laughs> this should have this should have I think so. fire vulnerability vulnerability. Dark vision sixty feet. Um Oh, they, that's uh that's an upgrade. They only speak giant. Uh this is the challenge rating is twelve on this one. Ooh. Extra heads, the giant has twenty five percent chance of having more than one head. Okay. Is that like when you're building it? I suppose so if you want to randomize it. If it has more than one, it has advantage on wisdom, uh perception checks. Mm-hmm. And on saving throws against being blinded, charmed, deafened, frightened, stunned, or knocked unconscious. Did we get into that with the Eden? Eden has that, right? The yes. two-headed thing? Yep, it's got exactly. extra. Okay, it's got regeneration. The giant regains 10 HP, which is, I think, the same as the troll, at the start of its turn. If the giant takes acid or fire damage, this trait doesn't function at the start of its next turn. The giant dies only if it starts its turn with zero HP and doesn't regen. So on the drop, you got to hit it with fire acid. Right. So there, there's your vulnerability there. I can accept that at least. Yeah, I mean, it should have extra fire. Yeah. Uh, Vaprox Rage, recharge after a shorter long rest. As a bonus action, the giant can enter a rage at the start of its turn. The rage lasts for one minute until the giant or until the giant is incapacitated. While raging, the giant gains the following benefits. The giant has advantage on strength checks and strength saves. When it makes a melee weapon attack, the giant gains a plus four bonus to the damage roll. It's basically a barbarian rage. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, and the giant has resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, slash. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Barbarian rage got multi. That's really dope, though. Multi attack, uh, the great axe is plus 11 with a 10 foot reach. Uh, hit is 26 damage of slash or 30 of slash while raging. Well, what's and, the D, what's the dice on that? Oh, it's 3d12 plus 7 and 3d12 oh. plus 11. That's not that much more than uh, the this frost giant I'm looking at here. That kind of makes sense, though. Yeah. Just a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so rock ranged weapon attack plus 11 to hit 60, mm-hmm. uh, 60 and 240 foot range uh, on one target. The hit is 4d10 plus 7. That's the same damage. practically. Yeah. It, that kind of adds up. It gets this extra rage feature. It gets regen. It gets this extra like perception boost. Yeah. You know, there's there's a lot going it's on. It's definitely here. a direct upgrade. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's fucking sweet. All right. Well, I think before we go, we should get ready for our long rest. So uh, we have we're getting ready for our long rest mm-hmm. and we got a lot more to get ready for these days. So it's true. Um, let me start with an apology because last week I should have read these two messages on the episode and I didn't because I forgot what fucking day it was. <laughs> I posted this show a day early you did. and I just was so tired after that recording. There's been so much going on. So sorry, guys. We're going to get you today. So we're going to start with Stephen Poor. Um, so they've got a message for the long rest fight, uh, obviously. That's okay. what we're going to start with. So um, their message re- from Stephen reads, uh, right before the Flumps episode came out, I had a session with uh, level zero characters where my acolyte of an unknown god of light 
prayed, and a group of flumps heard his plea and, <laughs> and helped him and the party escape a drider. Nice. So they said, once I heard the episode, I immediately realized what had helped me and the drider. And... And that a drider got served by some fart clouds. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Great message, Stephen. Thanks. I'm glad. I'm glad. Fart monsters for the win. <laughs> I love flumps. I love them even more. Uh, I love that they're just fart monsters. That's everybody, cool. everybody should love that. That I'm was a cool sure. story, Stephen. Thank you for sharing. Thanks. Um, so, just a quick reminder: these are, um, if you want to send a message in on the show, you need to be a patron. So on our Patreon. Um, so yeah, hit us up. If you are a current patron, please send us some messages. We'd love to read them. So let's get to the next one. Slash 382 um, has sent in a question for us. Ooh, question. If okay. you both were to pick any fantasy race to be not human, mm-hmm. what would it be? So let's start there. There's part, a part two to this. So let's start with, let's start with part that. one. Okay. So if oh, we were to pick me. Uh, yeah. any fantasy race for ourselves. For ourselves. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead. You, you, go, you go, go first. Yeah, okay. you go first. That's easy. Half elf. Like, it's just simple. It's like I get to live extra longer. I'm still mostly human. And uh, yeah, I'm still like probably a little bit better looking than I would be if I was just normal human. <laughs> so because I'm part elf. Like, yeah, yeah. I probably I have all this extra charisma. Like, yeah, no, it's fucking, that's not even a your swag, hard choice. Your, yeah. your swag and, and yeah. like I get to live your game. Is I like, get to me- live a life of like a human, but 10 times as good. Yeah, it's mechanically built in there that you're better looking. Um, I would pick Triton because... Oh, shit. <laughs> Holy fuck. I wasn't expecting that. Well, it's va- it's so vastly different and alien from anything I've ever experienced yeah. in my own life. And well, it would, yeah. It would, yeah. It would likely just remove my fear of the ocean, which sure. is inherently tied to a fear of I the mean, unknown. I mean, it would suck if it didn't go away. That would suck because I'd just be down there with the fucking Krakens and stuff. <laughs> well, these are like Kraken fighters and stuff. They are. These they're guys cra- are Kraken killers, if you will. They're fucking awesome. Yeah, no, trains are dope. Trains I think that's a really cool. interesting choice that I didn't see coming. Yeah. Good choice. That would Good be choice, fun, a fun to become an adventuring Triton also, yeah. which is... I, I, was, I was super practical with my choice. Uh, I think if I really had to pick, I would uh-huh. go half-elf, but yeah. I don't want to say the same thing you said. But that's now, uh, Slash382 would like us to pick a race for each other. So, Will, oh, what God. race do you think Brian fits Brian the, fits be- the most? Okay. And... And Brian, what race do you think fits Will the most? So this, we have this is a fun game to play. Yeah, um, <laughs> like we, I think we know what classes we would pick for each other. Oh yeah, that's easy. We bards though. We bards though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but but uh, race wise, uh-huh. uh, I would definitely say Will is an elf. He's yeah. my he's my uh, elder elf that teaches me all the sacred <laughs> lore. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, hmm. So I wasn't thinking of you in relation to the show. I was just thinking of you, like how I know you in real life. Um, Air Genasi, I think, was really fitting because Air Genasi is like they're fun, they're buoyant. You have a very airy kind of like way about you. You 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 flit about. You're very conversational. You're very approachable. Yeah, yeah, Air Genasi. Oh, thanks, dude. Yeah, that was no good. problem. That was a lot more well thought out than mine. Oh. <laughs> Well, I only had a few seconds, but yeah, I felt like it matched. Um, oh, thanks. I did play an Air Genasi as uh-huh. my first character at the table. Oh, oh yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yes, absolutely. That's uh, fun. Rohan was dope. Yeah. Um, I think also just to go back on the bards thing, I think even though I would say we're both bards, I think we're both very different bards. I feel like I am a, a the type of bard who's like a lore historian story gatherer. I think you're like an entertainer bard. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, if I had to pick any bard that I would be, it would be the sword bard, even though I shit all over it. In yeah. the- <laughs> Right in the mechanical side of things, I've come to appreciate it. Yeah, because uh, right. that would be fucking awesome to entertain with swords. It is, but yeah, All we right. do music, we do this podcast. We're bards. Thanks for the question slash three eight two slash three eight two. Yeah, uh, thank you for the question. And before and we go, Steven. 
yeah, and thank you, Stephen. And before we go, real quick, we just want to encourage you guys to go check out our live play, uh, Super Quest Saga, the show where we hear the Dungeon Guys sit around the table and actually play some Dungeons and Dragons uh, in space in a sci-fi space operative adventure. And it's really dope. We're a little bit past the halfway point and shit is getting wild. And you can find it here on YouTube or any podcast app that you choose. We should be there. Anywhere you can find the Dungeon Cast, you can find Super Quest Saga. Please do. That includes YouTube. With that being said, I think we could call it a game. Let's call it a game. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.